Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all can be with us as well. I think for all of us these days, you have only to turn on the news or even look at the world around you, and you realize that empathy, caring, and understanding individuals is so important. But also, it's also lacking in a lot of industries as well. Our next guest has written a book that really talks about not only the importance of connection, but also getting to understand and appreciate each other and the preciousness of life. We're excited to welcome Dr. David Alfrey to our program today. His book is called Saving Grace, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. We're going to talk to Dr. Alfrey not only about the early response to the book, but also what his hope is for sharing his experiences with others and what he hopes he's able to take away from it as well. Dr. Alfrey, again, thank you so much for the time. really do appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. I think for many people, Dr. Alfrey, they, they may look at the subtitle of the book, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between, and may be surprised about that. But that is a big part uh, of what you are able to share in this book, not only your experiences with patients, but also the lessons learned along the way. What was that like for you to reflect on personally and then to be able to share it with us? Well, it was really amazing. You know, I finished this 36-year career, and like a lot of docs, I'd had all these amazing experiences, and so I wanted to put them down on paper. I thought they would be very, very interesting, and nobody had ever written a book that described what goes on in the operating room in the ICU from the perspective of the anesthesiologist. But as I wrote this, I'm sort of writing a biography, a memoir. I find that I'm writing about patients and all of these interactions and while I'm imparting my skills to the patients and caring for them, they're really imparting experiences to me about really life, about relationships, about our shared humanity. So the book really became far more about patients and what they taught me than anything that I did in my life. And I think a lot of times we don't think about, because when people think about your profession, uh, Dr. Alfrey, but I think anyone in the medical profession, a lot of times, you know, there are these thoughts of, you know, they, they become almost, you know, patients become almost numbers that people aren't seen as individuals. You, people cannot say that after reading Saving Grace when it comes to your own experiences. Was part of that also one of the fascinating things for you, how how close to humanity the stories were, not just part of your job, but part of who you were as a human being. Yes. Uh, you know, I think that if, if you don't connect with patients on a real personal level and at that real uh, doctor-patient bond, you're in the wrong business if you've gone into medicine. Um, one of the things that I learned really early in my career was that being a physician and taking care of patients was actually a privilege. It wasn't a job. It was more than a profession. It was just, it was just such an honor for, for people to trust you with, your, with their life. Um, and when you had that kind of uh, relationship, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't miss the really personal 
uh, tight bond with people and that shared humanity that we have. And I think that's it. And I think too, when when thinking about the work that that you all do, I want to talk about chapter ten, unfathomable, the the chapter that because it really stood out to me because I think it helps oh, yeah. us as individuals who have been patients. Uh, I think you know we we sometimes you know don't think about what doctors have to think about as well as you know the information you all have and don't have. I want to read two parts from this for those who have the print edition. I'm going to start on page eighty five. And there you say this, uh, Dr. Alfrey, like most healthy people, I pretty much took my able physical condition for granted. Aside from a scare early in my career with a serious infection, I had had no major illnesses and I expected to stay healthy for a long time. When I took care of patients who faced death, the idea of my own passing really entered my mind. When it did, it was as some kind of nebulous destination so far away in the distance, I couldn't really imagine ever going there. Like most people going through life who took their physical well-being for granted, I needed to be reminded how quickly that could be taken away. That is such a powerful and personal and vulnerable statement to make. What was it like for you to reflect on that and your idea of life for yourself? Uh, reflecting on that and the episode in that chapter uh, were really kind of painful experiences. You know, all physicians have, and I think healthcare workers have, these episodes in their life that are really profound, and we put them in a little box and put them off to the side. But if you ever go back and open that box, all the emotions and all the feelings of that incident come rushing back to you. So writing that chapter was really a pretty emotional experience. But, you know, it's it's one of those things in life, though, that – uh, it's really important to learn. We're not going to be here forever. And mm. because of that, make today important. Right. So and it's I think meaningful to yep. do that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but I, I was no. just going to say, and that that's what is so interesting. I'm not going to go into the details of that particular chapter because that, one of the things you say is that still those memories can be, I mean, can still reoccur. And, and I think that is what, the, again, the connection that readers will will feel with this book because I I think about my grandmother who I was her primary caregiver for the last nine years of her life and I lost her nine years ago this May and I tell people sometimes it seems like forever ago sometimes something will happen you'll smell something or you'll be cooking something and those memories all come back but I think for for readers of this book Dr. Alfrey one thing that we're able to get is the importance of what we do in between the slashes of our life and death, and that really comes through. So what has that been like for you now as you're having these conversations? And Because we should say, of course, not all of the patients that you talk about in the book, not all of the, the, the patients do survive uh, what they're dealing with, but how has that kind of helped you now in kind of thinking about the time you spend? You kind of reference that with family when it comes to the time with them. How has that kind of helped you to kind of think about those, those things that you now know are important? Well, I think we all go through the same process as we age. When we're young, we're going to live forever. We're never going to get sick. Uh, And even though you know it intellectually, you can't really internalize it and really understand that our days are numbered. Every day brings us one day closer to death. And like most folks, uh, as I've gotten into my retirement and uh, into my 70s now, 
you realize that you know there's not many days left, uh, shopping days left till Christmas, and it just makes uh, appreciating each day more important, and appreciating what's important in life. And it's not the things, it's the people. Uh, it's not your possessions, it's your relationships. So I, I, and the thing I want to stress is that, you know, these are, these are the changes that happened in me as I aged, but they're universal to everybody. And uh, I hope that readers really realize that um, you, you might have put that doctor on some kind of a pedestal, well, but we're all alike. We, we all share the same fears and hopes and dreams. I, I think that is it. Well, I, I think the other thing that comes through that uh, a lot of times, well, here in the South, I think we hear more of it, and that is what you discuss in Chapter 7, that being faith. Um, can you kind of talk to us about that, Dr. Alfred, what that was like for you to see not only how faith helped you, but how you were able to also share that faith in, in many ways with those that were your patients. Yes. You know, I, I grew up uh, in an agnostic family, but my, as my father said, uh, understand this, there is no God. So his version of agnosticism was basically atheism. And I, I went through a, a process of questioning and searching and ended up being uh, baptized when I was 42 and became a Christian. And I would start every day with a little prayer in the in the parking lot. And if I had a patient, and I didn't know who my patients would be that day, I'd, get, I'd come in and get, they'd be assigned. And if I had a patient who was obviously shared my faith, either the pastor was with them or they said something like, my whole, my whole church has been praying for me today, um, I'd say, well, I've already prayed for you. And... Um, I, I went through that for a number of years, and then I had a, a patient who um, I said that to because his pastor was with him, and he was a, a healthy patient for a heart case, but it went terribly bad, and he died about a week after surgery. And I really, I really felt cheated, and I felt like I, I sort of had a deal with God that if I prayed, the patient would do well. Uh, didn't we have an understanding? Uh, and I went through a process of really questioning and I came out the other side of that, realizing, you know, there are forces far beyond me that are at work. And all I could do would be on the, would be, could be on the work detail. I couldn't be on the results committee. So right. my prayers then became, I will just pray that I will be able to accept the outcome of this case and that I do the very best that I can. Dr. Alfred, I want to spend some time with this because I think we, you and I were having a conversation before we went live here. And I think we, we're living in a time, unfortunately, and we hear all the time when something tragic happens. We're dealing with, here in my home state, a tornado that killed you know 20-plus individuals over the weekend. I know in your state, dealing with a, a, a shooting incident that recently happened that took lives. And I think there are people, especially people of faith, who... You know, who think about, well, I pray, you know, I have faith, what happened? You say something very interesting in this chapter when dealing with the patient's death. And you, you wrote this, again, for those who have the print edition on page 59 of the book, you said, um, talking about your real human emotions and then the thinking afterward, you say, it hit me hard. I reeled, having to steady myself at the counter. I was angry, angry at Mr. Phillips for dying and angry with God for allowing him to die. But almost immediately, I was angry with myself. 
I silently swore, how stupid could you be? How could you possibly not have seen this coming? Did you think he was going to just miraculously recover and live another 40 years? Part of me realized how much I had been in denial since his operation. Of course he died. And then you go on to say this, but a separate part of me asked, God, didn't we have a deal or at least kind of an understanding? What about all those prayers? Looking back, I suppose the only saving grace in Mr. Pickens' death was that the suffering he went through after his operation, the pain of surgery, the discomfort of a breathing tube, the misery of seeing his family's bedside vigil day after day, his total helplessness lying in that ICU bed had ended. But I sure couldn't see any grace on the morning I learned he had died. I think there are so many people who will read that and, and see themselves and be able to feel someone understanding them. I want to talk about that because that, again, is another personal aspect of this book. Talk to us about what that's been like for you to think about because people do look at individuals in your profession, in the medical profession, and think you all have all the answers. You should be able to make it all okay. What has that been like for you to balance that with the realities of life, but also your realities as, as a man? Well, when you go into medicine, uh, you, if you're, especially if you're in uh, critical care medicine, um, you learn very quickly that you don't have all the answers, you don't have all the control, and it's a very humbling experience. Um, and, and I think that's a, uh, that's a shared experience, again, for all of us in life. Uh, the doctors aren't any different than the patients. Um, but you lost your grandmother in spite of all the care that you gave. There, there are tragedies that occur in every single life, and we have to find a way to reconcile them. Um, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about traveling through the catastrophe of life, and yeah. a lot of life is a catastrophe. Uh, for me, um, faith is is a big way of accepting that there are there are forces far bigger than me, and I just have to do my own part to share a little love and and spread a little kindness in this world as I go through it. Mm, yeah, and I think uh, I realize for that much of much of what I have is 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 from the grace of God, the blessings that right. I have. And I was thinking that not to interrupt you again, Doctor Alfred, but um, the other thing I thought about too is is understanding that it does not mean the prayers, you know, aren't aren't still warranted. And I think for a lot of people, that becomes the question for them, right? Is to well, what's what's the point? What's the point of praying? But I think too, you know, having that faith, as you talk about in that chapter, I think still is so important because again. That also helps us when it comes to the strength, you know, that we need, you know, regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, and that strength is something we can be able to share. So I guess an obvious question, Dr. Alfred, would be for you is, and after reading Saving Grace, it almost felt in many ways we were reading your diary. Um, you could have easily have written this and, and just shared it with your family members and friends. What, what made you decide to share it with the rest of the world? What a great question. Um, well, a, a number of things. First of all, I wanted, I wanted people to get a sort of an inside view of the OR that had never been described before. I also wanted people to realize that they are, they are just like their doctor. Their doctor has all the fears, all the, all the frailties, all the imperfections that they do. We're all sharing that. Um, I wanted uh, for people to be able to reflect on their life, 
to appreciate their life, but also to realize that there's an end to this life. And because of that, you've got to take every single day and make it the most important day of your life if you can. So just wanted to and, and just share the lessons that the patients have, had taught me, and that was one of the big lessons. Yeah. It definitely is a great lesson. And for yourself, too, as you even talk about in the book about family, family is definitely very close to you, um, for sure. Uh, And I think, you know, even um, I had heard you in another interview, actually, you were talking about the cover, um, the personal connection, of course, with the cover with yourself, you know, and and your daughter. Uh, And and I, I, I love the fact that, too, this book is not about trying to show what you know. It really is for me as a reader, just as the subtitle alludes to, what you've learned. Do you think that also goes to a big part of, of why you've been successful in life in general, Dr. Alfred, your, your, your love of learning and your appreciation for what you don't know? Well, you know, a, a lot of my success in life I attribute to grace that mm-hmm. I am just a very blessed guy. I, I was blessed with uh, a curiosity to learn. I was blessed with a with a work ethic um, that just allowed me to travel through life, um, achieving some things and um, having a wonderful career. Um, you know, I I don't I'm not one of these guys who sits back and say, well, you know, you see, I did this and I worked hard for that. Well, you know what? I had the genes that allowed me to work hard. So. Uh, I'm just I just consider myself a very very blessed individual to have had my the career that I've had and the life that I've had and to appreciate that at the end of the day it's really relationships that that uh, make a difference in a person's life. Well, it's such a, a powerful book and such a great conversation with you, Dr. Alfrey. Really enjoyed this time. Again, everyone, Dr. David Alfrey has been our guest. Saving Grace is the book, What Patients Teach Their Doctors About Life, Death, and the Balance in Between. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. It is published by Resource Publications. Uh, Dr. Alfrey, how can our audience stay connected with you? Uh, there's a website for the book, uh, Saving Grace Book. Dot com. Put Saving Grace and then book after that dot com. That'll, uh, there's an audio excerpt, a written excerpt. There's a contact there if people want to email me. Uh, they get a real good feel for what the book's all about. Love to hear from you. Well, Dr. Alfred, thank you again. Really appreciate you stopping by the broadcast today and looking forward to our next conversation together. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. The pleasure is definitely all mine, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.